You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Great, good morning. It's fantastic being here. We're going to be uh, carrying on our series at the book of Acts. Um, I've been doing this for the last couple of weeks. Acts covers 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The disciples were initially devastated by the events and now filled with the Holy Spirit, caught up on this incredible mission, started sharing the good news of Jesus and have established this community called the church. And we've just been spending these three weeks looking at it. The first week I looked at the whole thing of be baptized. Sorry, the first week I looked at breaking bread. Jesus said, I want you to break bread. We do that every week. Last week we then just looked at the thing of be baptized. And then this week I'm going to be looking at be bold. Be bold. In London, do we need this? Well, actually, I was surprised how f- afraid people in London are. I uh, found this picture uh, this week. Londoners are afraid if anyone looks at you. I don't know if you're aware of that. When you're sat on the tube, you're not supposed to look people in the eye because Londoners don't like that. There's another thing that Londoners are afraid of. Ordering two pints, handing over a £10 note, and being told that's not enough money. We can fear that. Another thing that people are afraid of in London is people falling asleep on you on the tube. We suddenly think they're going to dribble, I'm not a pillow. The tube seems to have featured quite highly in, in our fears. I discovered this week that people in London are afraid of mice going up their trousers. This is a true sign from Fountain Station. Could you please tuck your trousers in your socks? I also discovered this week that Londoners are afraid they will never be able to afford a property to buy. Now, I don't know about you. If I suddenly say, be bold, do you feel afraid or not? When I was a young person and I went to church, we used to sing this song, be bold, be strong. I don't know how many of you remember that chorus. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid. I am not dismayed. Because I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory, for the Lord your God is with you. I don't know. Do you need boldness? What I find fascinating about the book of Acts is there are more verses on be bold than on breaking bread or being baptized. So when I'm looking at this, I suddenly think, wow, what is this about the early church that the theme that came through was be bold? And so why do we need to hear that message today? Well, I'm going to flick through many of these verses right now. So like I say, you can follow with me or they will be up here. The first verse that we're going to be looking at is Acts 4. The disciples have just spent a night in jail. They're brought out, they're quizzed by the rulers and the elders of the people. They're intimidated. Eventually, they are released after being commanded not to speak about Jesus or teach in his name. Can you imagine that? What happens? They come out and they say this, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So suddenly they're in prison, and it's almost like, actually, God, we come out, our prayer is this, give us boldness. And what happens two verses later, Acts 4.31, God answers. After they prayed, 
the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So you suddenly see this, don't you, within the the New Testament, within the book of Acts. Actually, things are tough. God, make us bold. God comes and gives them boldness. We find this in other places. In Acts 9, we read about Saul. Saul was somebody who was a Jew that didn't like the Christians. So much didn't like them, he was going around, finding them in churches and throwing them into prison. He doesn't just do it in his own town. He wouldn't be prepared just to stay in Ely. He's traveling around and doing it. He goes down to Damascus to threaten and imprison the Christians. He has this experience, Damascus Road experience. He encounters God. He's suddenly changed. He believes for himself. And so then he starts teaching, actually, this Jesus Christ, he really is the only way to God. What do we find out? The joy, the Jews get annoyed, very annoyed. They plan to kill him. He escapes to Jerusalem. And what do we discover? Acts 9, 28. So Saul stayed with them there and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. I, I think about this. You know, at the end of the day, he, he suddenly got his own personal relationship with God. Why not keep quiet? But actually, here he is. He's boldly speaking. We then read about his name gets changed from Saul to Paul, in case you get confused. He then travels around, writes lots of letters in the New Testament. He travels with a guy called Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas, his traveling companions, they end up going to Antioch telling people about Jesus. Virtually the whole city gathers. The Jews were jealous and the crowd talk abusively. Acts 13, it says this, Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the very word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. But boldly, they were speaking. Boldness, it's this theme throughout the whole book. You could go to Acts 14, the next chapter. This is a place called Iconium. Paul and Barnabas, again, they go to the synagogue. They want to tell people about Jesus. A huge crowd come. They believe the good news. But some that refuse to believe stir up trouble. So Paul and Barnabas, Acts 14, verse 3, spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. I wonder if this song I used to sing in my youth group, we should be singing this morning. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I remember a youth leader playing away on his guitar like this. You know, Go on, and again, it was only a short chorus. We sang it 13 times in a row. I know that because I taped it. Yes, for those that you don't understand, tape was a little machine that you used to be able to press record and hear music on. You know, but suddenly it's like, Wow. I wonder how many times we need to hear it this morning. Are you feeling bold? Are you asking God for boldness? Is it something you even thought about for Christianity? You see, we can read it again in in the next passage. I've lost where I've got up to. Acts 14.3. I'm Acts Acts 18.26. He begins to speak boldly. This was Apollos, a follower of Jesus. He wants to share the good news in the city of Ephesus. That's in Turkey. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When they heard about him, Priscilla and Aquila, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. 
This is a a continual boldness. It's not just a one-off. It's not, I had a good day. He's boldly declaring the good news. We read in Acts 19.8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months. Do you know, even at the end of the book of Acts, Paul is stuck in house arrest. And what does he do? He invites people in and he boldly tells them the good news. You can read about it in Acts 28 verse 31. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and talked about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Father, I pray this morning that as Londoners we are not afraid, but that we are bold. I pray as we've been challenged about breaking bread and what it signifies. I pray as we've been challenged about baptism and, and again, what it symbolized. I pray this morning we'll understand something of being bold. In Jesus' name, amen. I would say that this is a, a value that our society probably thinks is a good idea. So Isaac Newton, the great English mathematician and one of the greatest scientists of all time, says this, no great discovery was ever made without a bold guess. He was almost saying, look, don't get hindered. If you're you're trying to learn, don't be cautious all the time, be bold. If you're not into Sir Isaac Newton, you might have heard of Ed Sheeran, the English singer-songwriter. He says this, be original, don't be scared of being bold. In many respects, you could say that our society loves people that are daring, resolute, audacious, courageous, fearless, adventurous, heroic. But this is not who the disciples were. You see, when you get into Acts, we know that the disciples were timid. Peter, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, He's questioned by a servant girl. I mean, she, she had very little standing in society. But actually, she says, well, weren't you one of his disciples? Jesus, he says, no, no, I didn't know him. Three times, Peter denies. He's not bold. He's timid. He's afraid. Even when Jesus has risen from the dead, what do we, where do we find the disciples? Hidden behind locked doors. There's something of being afraid, isn't there? If you read about the believer's life in the book of Acts, I think they're timid for one reason. Life is tough. Life is tough. I was reading through the book of Acts this week, just how to get a flavor of it. And just to really encourage you, the sermon's not going to end here, so stick with me. But when you start it, what happens? You discover Christians are put in jail, they're threatened, they're flogged, they're scattered. They're questioned by leaders and those in authority. They're arrested. They're stoned. They want to put them to death. And there is a great persecution. So I'll tell you what that says to me. When life is tough, you can lose your boldness. I don't know what your life is like. I mean, all of you look young. All of you look under 24 to me. But often when you've done a few years of life, you get a few knocks and you get a bit more timid. You start thinking, oh, I don't know, can I keep going? How do I feel about this? Sometimes you can think, why are you talking about this in church? Our danger is if we're really honest, sometimes we think, if I become a Christian, everything will go well for me. If I become a Christian, my marriage will be rosier. My kids will be brighter. My car will be shinier. My holiday will be sunnier. You know, whatever it is. 
We just always think, don't we? Actually, if I follow Jesus Christ, suddenly life is going to be better for me. But I don't think that is true when you look at the book of Acts. In fact, throughout the Bible, when people decided to follow God, God seems to have one word to say for them. Okay, two. Be bold. So if you know the Old Testament, you know that Moses, he was the guy that got the Ten Commandments. He was the guy that led over a million people out of slavery into, from Egypt into the Promised Land. We know that he dies. We know that who then actually took them across into the Jordan? It was Joshua. What's the first thing that God says to Joshua? You can read it in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Be bold. In fact, I think he says it something like seven times in the first chapter. Have I not commanded you, Joshua 1 verse 9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I mean, I just get this impression, don't you, of some skinny little kid, I don't know why, knees knocking together in shorts. I mean, I don't think Joshua was like that. But, you know, it's almost like God saying, come on, be bold. I think, is that how he'd speak to us today? It says in Proverbs, Proverbs 28, book in the Old Testament, the wicked flee though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I love this. I used to be a primary school teacher. You know what I'm saying? I quite like a bit of interaction, really. I mean, if I was in school right now, I would have everybody down on all fours roaring. And I think if I asked you to do it, you'd probably remember the sermon more. You might not come back. You know, there's suddenly this thing. Why? Because those that are righteous are as bold as a lion. Have you seen Lion King? You know what I'm saying? Suddenly they get that roar. You think, wow. I mean, that's what the Bible is saying. It doesn't say it'll be easy, but it does say we're to be bold. Paul, who then writes to the church, it's in the, the, one of the letters in the New Testament called Romans. What should we say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah, we, we should be those that think, actually, our God is for us. We can be bold. I had a friend called uh, Rambabu. He's an Indian man that travels the world telling people about Jesus. And he says this, courage is the most important characteristic of a Christian. Discouragement is the greatest enemy of the devil. I'll say that again. Courage is the most important characteristic of a Christian. Discouragement is the greatest enemy of of the devil. It's almost like the, the devil would want you to feel discouraged this morning, but actually God wants to breathe courage into you. Be bold. Be bold. If you've seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know that the wicked white witch used to come and put a spell, and people stood in a statue, and then when Aslan came, he breathed upon them, and life came, and it's almost like boldness came. And I'd love to feel in God that that's, that's, that'll happen today. And actually, you might think, golly, I'm, I'm almost paralyzed by fear. But actually, God could breathe upon me and suddenly boldness could come. What are some of the keys that we could discover about how to be bold? Well, I think if you look in Acts, surely the, the, the first key where we go to is the disciples. Acts 4 verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled. I love that term, don't you? Basically, ordinary men. There was nothing special about these. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I want to say now, your courage will not come through from your own gifting or ability. 
So sometimes I think that's the challenge between us and Ed Sheeran. He might just say, oh, go it. You've got it inside of you. Be bold. Be yourself. I think actually what we find in Acts is be bold because you're with Jesus. And so it's not, oh, you know, just be bold because you can do it. It's like be bold because you could know him and he could make a radical difference in your life. The courage that they saw, they were unschooled, ordinary people, but they took note they'd been with Jesus. Some of you may have heard there's a sort of little revival, you could say, going on in Reading, just outside of London. Uh, They're calling it Reading Outpouring. I went down on Friday night. They've been doing this thing on the street, and they've seen almost 2,000 people say they want to become Christians in four weeks. There was um, one kid got up on Friday night. I think he was like 12 years old. I'm not sure exact age. And he's led 34 people to Jesus in the last four weeks. 20 kids at school and 14 on the street. There was one lady. She'd only been a Christian for two months. And she'd already led four of her friends to come to know Jesus Christ. And so they gathered on Friday night. And I thought, I I took Josh down. I said, come on, son, we've got to go there. Let's let's see what's going to happen. And you think, what's going to happen? What's the technique? What's the skill? What are they going to teach? And do you know what they spent the whole evening doing? We were there for two hours. They just worshipped Jesus. Because they thought, actually, we're going to go back out on the streets on Saturday morning. And our key is, if we actually adore him and love him, and you know, it went on and on and on. And I thought, oh, yeah. If we really want boldness, it's not some skill, it's not some technique, it's time with Jesus. That's what it is. That's what we discover in Acts. Dwight Moody, he was an American evangelist in the 1800s. I guess he would say, well, if Jesus is not here in person, how do you connect with God and get him in your life? He says this, when we find a man meditating on the words of God, my friend, that man is full of boldness and is successful. He would say, well, actually, okay, Jesus is not here, right here, right now. Get the Bible. Genuinely, you know what I'm saying? I I know it's a book. Get your phone out. On the tube. Once you've put your trousers into your socks, read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? You suddenly think this could change your life. Andy Stanley, he's a pastor in North Point Community Church in the United States. He says, actually, as well as the, the Word in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. Past boldness is no assurance of future boldness. Boldness demands continual reliance upon God's Spirit. And I think you could see that with these people in Acts. It's almost like they they just hung around Jesus. And so what do we do? We think, God, I'm going to read the Word. I'm going to be full of the Spirit because I'm going to be bold. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. So I think one of the keys is we've got to fix on Jesus. We read his word and we drink of his Holy Spirit. But I guess what I'd really want to say is this. I think a key to boldness is submission. Submission. True boldness is not about individuality. And that's where I think sometimes we'd be slightly different. I think true boldness is about submission to Jesus Christ. You see, if I thought of one example of true boldness in the Bible, I would have to think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, he knows what's going to happen. He knows that he's going to give up his life on the cross. He must know the physical pain of crucifixion. He knows he's going to take on the sin of the world. 
I mean, he says to his like nearest and dearest, come with me, I've got to pray. He's so caught up in prayer that literally he's sweating drops of blood. I can't imagine that. And yet he models boldness. He ends up being alone. The disciples fall asleep, but he shows great courage. Despite almost being, he says, my heart is overcome with sorrow, he still shows great courage. Despite saying to the Father, spare me from this suffering, he still prays, yet not my will, but yours. To me, that is the model of true boldness. And what I would want to say out of this book of Acts is I think that we are called to be bold, not for our sake, but for his. So I don't want you to just come away and think, okay, right, I've got to be bold. How am I going to be bold this week? Right, I'm not letting that person out as I'm driving along in traffic. No, it's my right, nudge, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Yeah, I'm bold. (laughs) You know, I'm there at Lidl's new checkout opening. Sorry, (laughs) I'm going first. I'm bold. I don't think it's about us. I think principally it's about him. The disciples are bold because they continue to share the good news about Jesus Christ. The apostles are preaching and praying for the sick. That's true boldness. The followers of Jesus are radical in their lifestyle and care for the poor in the book of Acts. That's true boldness. The church is committed to the mission of taking the gospel to the nations. That's true boldness. Some of you may have heard of Eric Liddell. He was a Scottish athlete and he was a missionary. If you've seen the film Chariots of Fire, it was based upon his life. He was a guy who said he wouldn't run on a Sunday. And so even though he swapped his race at a last minute, they tried to convince him to run on a Sunday. He said he wouldn't because he was honoring God like that. He still did really well. He was asked to go back to the Olympics for a second time and represent the country. And he said, no, I won't. I'd rather be a missionary unknown in the midst of China. He said this. It's been a wonderful experience to compete in the Olympic Games and to bring home a gold medal. But since I've been a young lad, I've had my eyes on a different prize. You see, each one of us is in a greater race than any I have run in Paris. And this race ends when God gives out the medals. He just thought, actually, this is what I'm caught up in. I'm going to turn down. It's almost like fame in this society because what I really want to do is I want to fix my eyes upon the day when I see God and God gives out a medal. That's what I want. I want to ask you the question, how bold are you? How bold are you for the kingdom of God? People in the office all start talking Ah, what do you do at the weekend? How bold are you for the kingdom? Uh, Melissa says, invite a neighbor to come along next week. How bold are you for the kingdom? Family member doesn't believe in Jesus, is unwell. And you think, well, I could pray for them. Do you pray for them in your head or do you say, right, I'm going to pray right here, right now? How bold are you for the kingdom of God? We honestly believe that Adam stirs us about our giving. He says in the Bible, honor God with your first fruit. It's not what you've got left over at the end of the month. It's what you've got at the beginning of the month. Real boldness. I think, I'm trusting you. That's boldness, isn't it? How bold are we for the kingdom of God? Genuinely. 
The world says have sex before marriage. But surely when we read about it in the Bible, we think, no, no, come on. God says that's my wedding present to you for your wedding day. Do you think I'm going to turn away from what I think because I'm boldly pursuing his kingdom? I'm going to model something of holiness and purity and passion for him? I'm just going to compromise on the way. How bold are we really? What about me? Oh, God, am I really bold for you? Jesus himself made this challenge in Mark. There's four accounts of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the book of Mark, it says this, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. So this is open to everyone, yeah? It's not just disciples. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. I think, oh God, when am I going to have that kind of boldness? The early church prayed, God, make us bold. Please, I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. If the Holy Spirit convicts you, that's something else. I feel challenged myself. Do I not pray the prayer because I do not live that kind of radical life? So every week as a church for the last two years, we've thought, well, we're going to come and we're going to break bread together because we want to focus upon what Jesus Christ has done. And we keep talking about baptism because we say it's a sign of what Jesus Christ has done. I think, do I live such a wet life that I don't need to ask God for boldness? Or is my life so radical? If you've come to the church before, you know that I have a little saying which I've always enjoyed. It's not in the Bible, so don't take it along with Scripture. But Christianity is not a crutch for the weak. It's a machete for the adventurous. And I think sometimes what we've done is we've turned up and we think, oh, well, it'll help me get by. Oh, if I can't quite cope, I could, I could lean on God. No, actually, the image is that you, you've got this huge, great knife. <laughs> Not a good image for London, I know. But, you know, take it out. I've got to clear this path. I've got to trust God. I need something of boldness because God's called me to adventure. Who knows what that is? I'm not saying that's, that's going the this. That could be inviting your neighbors around for a barbecue and telling them about Jesus Christ. That could be radically honoring him with your money. That could be living differently in the office when other people want to gossip about the boss and you won't. I would love us to think, oh God, if I see the book of Acts, I think, oh God, make me bold. What about you? This is not something we earn. I'm not here saying, oh golly, it's another thing we've got to do. I believe that this is something God gave. And so if you feel right now, actually... Pete, you're right. I want to live a bold life for him. I'm going to pray. And I believe you'll be bolder this week. Not because of my words, but because of Jesus Christ. And so if you think, actually, Pete, yeah, I want to live that radical, zealous life of Jesus Christ. You think, I need some more boldness. I want to be bold. I want to follow him. I want to advance his mission. I've, I've just got one life on this earth. I want to make it count. I would encourage you to stand where you are right now. 
And I'm going to pray that God will make you bold. Oh, God. Jesus, we feel so often like unschooled, ordinary people. We recognize our need of you. We don't want to just walk away from this place and think, oh, golly, we can do it. We, we have no confidence in ourselves. Our confidence is in you. Father, I pray now for everyone that has stood. Lord, I pray for every life. You know every circumstance. You know what the challenge is. You know where they're saying, oh, golly, I've let my money slip. Right, I'm going to make bold decisions. I've, I've no longer been a witness for Jesus. I'm going to make bold decisions. Actually, God's spoken to me and I've delayed. I'm going to make a bold decision. I'm going to invite 10 people because actually I want to put it out there. I am a Christian. God, whatever the situation is, I pray for a church to be bold in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.